Martin banks it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around in front. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Leading goal scorer on the team. Drew one in front. It's the TC Martin Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. They are even. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. A power play goal by the captain. TC Martin. It's brushed on back by Richard Park. Right up front. is now in. Glad to have you with us on this Wednesday, middle of the work week. Oh yeah, the hump day. And we get ready for game number two tonight. Yes, excited for this. Golden Knights, Colorado Avalanche in Denver, game number two. The Knights definitely well rested after the beatdown they received on Sunday, losing 7-1. to one. But uh, they get an extra day to prepare because... The building was being occupied by the NBA last night, the Nuggets and the Blazers, and what a game that was. And our guy, Brian Salmon, who's covering the Golden Knights in, in Avalanche Series, I think he uses media suaveness, like I said yesterday, and uh, he got in the game. So we'll talk to him about that today. Yeah, it might be difficult for them to uh, get the ice down there tonight after uh, Lillard lit it up and heated up the joint <laughs> so much. But, uh, yeah. you know, it shows that even when you're really hot, if your teammates don't help you out just a little bit, yes, you still aren't necessarily going to get the job done. But uh, what a performance by Damian Lillard in a losing effort. And uh, I know that we were talking about the points better than that going into it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're, you're probably looking at the game going, okay, it's the, oh, going to first overtime. Oh, we're going to another overtime. It's like, yeah. would somebody cool him? Throw water on him or something. Not somebody from the stands, please. <laughs> would somebody cool this guy <laughs> off? Yeah. And the thing about it was they were down nine with about 30 seconds to go. <laughs> In regulation, and he hit three threes on three straight possessions, and it was like unbelievable. So if you had Denver and you're laying two at that point in time, you're thinking I'm I'm money in the bank, and all of a sudden three, 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 just unconscious, and that continued in the first overtime, and then you know final score one forty seven one hundred. So Denver wins and a cover, and now takes a three two series lead. But a fantastic game to be at last night, which we kind of figured it was going to be. And that place, uh, wild last night. But uh, the Nuggets, Blazers, really two teams that are pretty evenly matched. And it will not surprise me at all. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to play Portland tomorrow night. Portland will be favored by five. And uh, I got a feeling this thing is going to go seven games. But uh, I don't know if uh, the other series in that building is going to go seven games. Could. I mean, again, Golden Knights and the Avalanche, eight regular season meetings. All highly contested, all very good games, close games, 4-4 during the regular season. And again, if you are a Golden Knights fan and you want to look at the glass half full, you say, okay. And like we talked about yesterday, this was expected. You know, if a diehard Golden Knights fan maybe didn't want to, you know, admit that. But they were tired. The seven-game marathon that they had against Minnesota. And, you know, up 3-1, fighting for their lives. And then to turn around less than 48 hours, having to get on the road to go against the number one seed, Colorado Avalanche, on their home ice, who hadn't played in a week, you just had the feeling this was going to happen. But, like you said, it's one game. Now we get to game two. Things will not be like they were in game one. We expect a competitive game. But, kind of like what I was saying in the last series, it's, it's kind of hard to handicap a lot of these NHL Stanley Cup playoff series. And uh, especially when we have two teams that, you know, when they are rested, are very competitive with each other. So I'm looking forward to tonight's game, 7 o'clock. I'm looking forward to tonight's game. I'm looking forward to – I expect Marc-Andre Fleury to have a big game. If Vegas is going to win, I think he's going to have to have a big game. That top line of Colorado was absolutely incredible the last game. But remember, during the eight games, I believe they only had three goals in that line in the eight games of the regular season. So Vegas did do a really good job of shutting them down or at least containing them to a big extent. Now I know they also had issues at certain points of the season with COVID and guys being out and injured because that just kind of seems to be Colorado's end. But they are healthy right now. They were certainly firing on all cylinders. Uh, I'm curious to see 
what the lines look like, who's on the ice, who's not. Uh, Flowers expected to play. Who the backup's going to be tonight may or may not be Robin Leonard. We haven't seen him on the ice in the last couple of days. Uh, Logan Thompson reportedly up there in Colorado right now. I don't know if that's a deal or not. It only is if something, knock on wood, what nobody wants to happen. Something happens to, uh, you know, to Marc-Andre Fleury. And, and, you know, Colorado's in the same boat. If something happens to Grubauer, <laughs> you know, they don't exactly have the best goaltending in the world either. So the starting goalies are very important in this series. Uh, Braden McNabb is still out because of COVID protocol. I think they're going to miss his physical presence, uh, muddying up things at the blue line a little bit, making it hard for Colorado to bring the puck in. And when you talk about physicality with no McNabb in there, Ryan Reeves also out in this game, it's definitely an uphill battle. But Vegas certainly knows that they can compete with these guys. I think they're going to feel confident looking at Fleury in the net tonight. But I, I really don't know what to make of it. I think Colorado still finds a way to win the game. And if they don't, then guess what? Then Vegas did exactly what they wanted to going into the series. Right now, Vegas is in the same situation, with the exception of the home ice, obviously, after one game that they were in Minnesota. It's one game. Yeah, that game was a one nothing overtime loss. doesn't matter that it was 7-1. It could have been 10-1. It could have been 12-0. It's still only one game. Their goal going up there was to split the series. They win tonight. They did exactly what they intended to do. Yeah, and again, as far as home ice goes, I mean, you, know, you can snatch the home ice by winning that game on the road. And you, like I said, you leave Denver, you know, one one, and then you you've accomplished that. So yeah, it's it's only home ice, you know. But if, if you continue, you know, winning at home, you know, you win on the road, you snap home, home ice. So. And as we saw in the Minnesota series, more the the, the home team was three and four yeah, in that d- series. Didn't mean anything, and I, and I feel the exact same way about these these two teams. When you play a team eight times during the course of a regular season, you know them pretty well. There are no surprises here. And again, the only thing that happened on Sunday, and again expected, was you had a very tired team. You knew that Mark Andre Fleury was going to get a day off, and deservedly so as well too. So you're going to get a Robin Leonard who hasn't been playing as well as Fleury, and he's going to face you know fire, you know after not playing for nearly two weeks. So uh, again, a, a lot of excuses can be made, but they're they're valid excuses for a well rested Colorado team. And uh, the Vegas Golden Knights will perform much better tonight. There's no doubt in my mind they'll perform much better. Will it be good enough to win? Uh, we, uh, we have no idea. So it'll be interesting. 7 o'clock, they'll face it off tonight in Denver, Golden Knights, and the, and the Avalanche uh, game number two. And that, and that is a 7 p.m. game, too, because originally I thought it would be like 6 because of the mountain time there. But I guess for TV reasons and that, they still yeah. want it with the doubleheader and that. Yeah. So, I mean, think about that. I mean, it's not that it's super late out there, but it's an 8 o'clock start for them if, if you're that local time there. So it's a little bit later. I mean, you figure you're not leaving that building until 11 or something. But you know what? It's all about TV revenue and money and that. So uh, it, it's probably more advantageous a little bit to the fans out here to get a chance to see it and, uh, you know. It, it, but it's just a little bit weird to me that regardless of what time zone they're in, the home games are going to be at 7 at T-Mobile or at, uh, right. at uh, up in Colorado. It's like, right. look, this is what yeah. TV dictates. This is when you guys are playing. <laughs> right, right. So Ryan Reeves uh, suspended for two games. We talked about it yesterday. The, the first time I think either one of us have seen a nine-minute power play uh, in that third period of game number one. Uh, the Reeves suspension, him not being there, definitely big. The Golden Knights played quite a few games without Ryan Reeves this year, specifically in the last series against Minnesota as well. Uh, how big of a deal? We talk about McNabb. Let's talk about Reeves. Uh, you know, we talk about you know Leonard probably being out, so not going to be there as a backup. Even though we know Flurry is going to get the start tonight, but which one of these injuries is uh, most concerning? Well, to me, uh, it'd be McNabb because McNabb is, you know, their their defense, obviously, Vegas ran all over them that last year. I mean, excuse me, Colorado ran all over Vegas. They were skating circles around. That top line was doing whatever they wanted to. McNabb's a physical presence, but he's also a very important defensive player. As you mentioned, we've seen the Vegas Golden Knights without Ryan Reeves. And although he does bring a physicality, he's not the fastest skater in the world. He's not the most offensively gifted skater. In some ways, I think it might almost be a advantageous to not have him in the lineup if somebody else can give you something if a brown a sakura or somebody like that i think yanmark's also questionable for tonight because of that hit that he took in that last game from grave so you know but who's ever replacing reeves whatever DeBoer decides to do with the lines you're probably going to have somebody that's a little bit faster 
maybe a little bit better defensive player. Not going to have that physicality, but Kolasar can bring physicality to the to the game if he needs to in that. So I'm not really sure that that even hurts him all that much, to be honest with you, with Reeves not in the lineup. And remember, and I know we've said it before, Nazem Kadri, the physical guy who's a pretty gifted player as well, Colorado knew coming into the series they weren't going to have him for the first six games. The only way he even hits the ice in the series is if it goes to game seven. So he's more important to Colorado than Reeves is to Vegas. So, you know, Vegas is still in a good situation. Even if they lose tonight, all they've done is they lost both games at home. You know, the old adage in hockey is, you know, until a team's won a game on the road, the series hasn't even started. Now, if it goes all seven games and the home team wins every game, well, then, yeah, then it's over before it starts then, I guess, because the home team wins uh, four to three. But I'm not really sure that... Reeves not being there is the worst thing. In fact, I thought it was funny, and I know people out here hate Evander Kane, but I thought it was funny when Evander Kane tweeted that out, that he said if they really want to punish Vegas, they should make Reeves play at least 20 minutes a game <laughs> instead of suspending him for a game, make him stay in the lineup or whatever. And we all That's know about shot. their history. Yeah. How, how are they? In the offseason, don't they have to be on one of these joke fight cards of one of the undercards? I mean, we keep on saying all the fights we don't want right. to see. Right. Who wants to see Lamar Odom and Car- Who wants to see... Reeves and Evander Kane, put them on one of the Jake Paul or Logan Paul or Mrs. Paul or whatever. That one I'll go see. I, I want to watch that. But see, that would be – you are cutting your audience dramatically because if you're not a hockey person, you're not even going to know but who these guys are. But you're not cutting it because it's an undercard. I, you're still tuning in right. for the main event okay. thing. In, you might in, in pick up realm, a couple yes. more from the in, undercard. In that realm, yeah. But again, you know, with uh, the Lamar Odom and who uh, – Austin Carter, or yeah, somebody, I don't know, something like Anthony, that. Somebody, I mean, come on, I don't know. That's ridiculous. But uh, hockey fans, yeah, you, you'd you'd pay to see that, you know, no no question. But well, you a could lot have fun go, promos. Who is that? You, you could know? have fun promos doing it and everything too. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, but I mean, but but again, if we're gonna put, a, let's put two people in there that really actually have a beef with each other and can't stand each other instead of guys doing it just because. Oh, uh, I'll go in and try to make a couple dollars and. Hopefully not get knocked out, but even if I do, when I wake up, there's a check waiting for me. <laughs> well, since you brought up the uh, one of these goofy fight cards, we will segue to the breaking news. So, as we have talked about, uh, Mayweather and Paul, Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Logan Paul, their exhibition is scheduled for Sunday in Miami, outdoors, the stadium, Hard Rock Stadium, where the Dolphins play. And uh, you know, this buildup, they are trying very, very hard. And I go back to, you know, a month ago when Mayweather Promotions is sending out these press releases every day. I'm still getting them every day about trying to build this up like this is a real, a real fight, a real championship fight. Well, today was the classic press release that I got today because it said, well, and actually this didn't come from them. This came from a national media source. All right. Because, because I don't think the, the Mayweather promotions crew, which I, mean, I love those guys over there, but they're not putting this out. But as we said, it's an exhibition. No judges will be at ringside. There is no scoring of this match because what? it's an exhibition. So no judges. So what you're telling me is if Logan Paul doesn't get knocked out or finished, We'll have a draw. No, you're going to have nothing, my friend, because here's huh? the rules. Participation trophies? We're getting ribbons? It's, 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 it's like a modern-day peewee soccer game or something? We're not keeping score? No judges. You're not keeping score. The fight could have a stoppage, but regardless... No winner will be announced. Oh, that's crazy? so nice. Isn't that nice? Are they getting trophies or ribbons at the that's end? That's a good question. But how about this? For all the ham and eggers that I've been bashing from the beginning, that if you want to go to Miami and you want to fly and you want to pay the hotel fees and you want to do all that, the resort fees, you want to pay for your tickets to go see this, this match, which you probably can't even wager on now because there's no official decision. Well, yeah, and, how do you wager then? Exactly. I'll, I'll tell you how you wager. No knockout, okay? But, I mean, you're going to have a referee counting, but again, no official decision, okay? There's there's no first-place prize money, second-place prize money, no, nothing like that. The, this is a pure exhibition. TC, we, you're missing the point. Yeah? What I we guess? finally got a guaranteed winner. <laughs> you bet the draw. You bet. <laughs> Did we try that last time? Remember? We had one of these goofy things. 
It was one of these, one of the first ones with the Roy Jones Jr. run, right? But this one yeah. has to be a draw. There's yeah, no winner, right? And so there, it's a draw. And, and there the, was no winner in the Jones. The draws usually fight. like what twenty to one, forty to one. At least we're yeah. cashing in, baby. That's it. Yeah, we're going down to FLA. Let's, Silent profiling, limousine riding, air jet, <laughs> jet flying. You give me another slap shot line. Woo! There you go. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say? I call that snatch in the FLA. <laughs> ah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. What was that guy's name, anyway? Who was that guy? He was I a, don't know. And he was an old, old, horrible hockey player in well, slap yeah, yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was a veteran. That's why he was on, that, on the yeah. Charleston Chiefs, yeah. because yeah. he was <laughs> definitely towards the end of his career. Yeah. By the way, did they make the Chiefs change their name? <laughs> yeah, they didn't. Not at all. <laughs> Good one. But I, I never saw any uh, resemblance... Of a Native American, it just had the Chiefs, which that really cool logo going. No, no, going, yeah. you know, no they didn't. Up. but yeah. they did. But they did. The other team though did in the final game. They did when, when the, the big Chief the, he said the, that his hockey stick was a tomahawk and right. the the opposition was a little scalps. So right. yeah, so right. no, I mean that movie. But again, that's one of those movies too. I think they made like four of them total or something. I don't know if it was that many, but yeah, there's there there's at least three. three. Yeah. There's at least three. Yeah, I don't know. But I think there's four. And th- th- there was never a. You, you know what? Sometimes less is more. They never had to make even a second one. I know, but we go through this with all these sequels. Again, do they really need to make the Blues Brothers? You know, 2000? No. American Graffiti, which they called more American Graffiti. Well, American Graffiti I love those totally two movies. wasn't the. I, I know. The second one wasn't even. But none of them. The second one was a downer. I, I know. It went from a it comedy depressing. to a bummer. Yeah, right, right. So, and again, you know, uh, just don't get me going about about remakes and, and then sequels. I honestly don't, don't even think I've seen any of the other slap shots. I don't want to. I don't think I have either. I, I, I've I, seen little yeah. bits in like the highlight package yeah. and zoom and gone, no. Is Ogie Oglethorpe in the in two? I don't three? know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if he's still chasing the girl at the end of the yeah. pinwheel. <laughs> <laughs> so Mayweather Paul rules, okay? A knockout is up to the referee's discretion. They actually have to put this in writing. How sick is this? And again, they're charging. And, and who's the referee? Do we have a celebrity referee? Or is I, it legitimate ref- With no judges, is, is it a legitimate referee? We know Chuck Liddell is doing that one. Right. The, the one. I, I don't know. Let's, let's let's get numchuck on this. But again, it's not well, I sanctioned. Maybe it was, I thought maybe it's, it was in the press it, release it's, there. It's a, no, no, no. They're being very coy with the Mayweather Promotions press release. Again, you've got to go elsewhere to find this stuff, okay? So KO's up to the referee discretion, no kidding. Uh, eight three-minute rounds, okay, same. Uh, knockouts legal. Why, why are we even having to put this? is a boxing match, right? Of course knockouts are legal. No, it's not a boxing match. It's a boxing ex- exhibition. exhibition. If it was a match, right. there'd be a winner. 12-ounce <laughs> gloves. No one's getting hurt in this thing, ladies and gentlemen. 12-ounce gloves. It's Tw- a pillow fight. It's a pillow fight. So it's a pillow. No one's with, getting with, hurt. With smaller dudes, and they're wearing 12-ounce yes. gloves. Yes. Yeah. I mean, come on. Why don't, why do don't they just, why don't they do just put eight. those big, gigantic gloves on that are like, you yeah. know, they and, and just make, yeah. make the whole mockery of it that it already is? No headgear, which is, which is nice. Okay, no headgear. And more importantly, like we said, no judges. That's it. No judges, no 10-9 rounds, no 10-8, 10-7 rounds, which if Mayweather tries, you'd probably have a couple 10-8, 10-7 rounds against Logan well, Paul. Well, yeah, if Mayweather but, yeah. tries, Logan Paul wouldn't land a glove yeah. on him. Yeah. So, Except uh, for maybe falling backwards after he hits him, but Mayweather doesn't hit that hard. Maybe they should just put him in that bubble wrap thing and have him do one of those things where they just run into each other and knock each other down and all that. There's only one thing certain here. that Well, two things. One, it's going to be a joke, and no one's going to get hurt. You know, plain and simple. And they'll be shaking hands, high-fiving, hugging each other after the fiasco is over. But yeah, uh, when, we'll, we'll get when we get Chuck Esposito on this week, and also Nick Bogdanovich. Let, let's ask him: Is there any wagering on this thing? Well, how can and there how be can, if there's no official winner? I, I would think the only way you could wager: Will there be a stoppage in the fight, or how many knockdowns? And, and, maybe, and, and you can do that. You could maybe you do could that. do knockdowns. You, you could do prop bets like that. But again, is there going to be a win, quote unquote winner? No, there's not. But you can have a stoppage. The referee can stop the fight. But again, this is how about those schmucks that really thought they were getting a a match here again? Because here we are three days, four days before the fight, and and now we're we're getting this. And people laid out thousands of dollars to go see this fight, and and you you are getting duped, like we said you would get duped. And I know p- people that are going to the fight. I know people that have paid their money for this nonsense, and I ridiculed them. I said, what are you doing? 
Are you nuts? Are you crazy? Oh, no, got to see Money Mayweather. Got to see you. Yeah, could be the last time we ever see him fight. There's not going to be a fight. There's no fighting whatsoever. There's going to be a dance with pillows. Can you get disqualified? Well, the referee would have to DQ you, but... Uh, because if you're disqualified, that would technically be a loss. And if Logan Paul gets really frustrated, does he do a leg kick? Does he do a, a single leg takedown? Does he do a low blow or something like that going, this guy's peppering me and I'm not losing? Hey, I got nothing to lose. There's not going to be a winner anyhow. Does he do something that makes Mayweather mad and Mayweather goes, all right, gloves are off now. And that's what I want to see. I want to see a low blow, then have him take the gloves off and then go bare knuckle and make it turn into something. Because otherwise, it's a total joke. But let's see if we can make this three-ring circus a real main event. I think we're on the honor system here. That's what I think. I think we're on the honor like system. Like the whole country is? Right, yeah, we're on the like, honor system. Like everybody in the crowd's going to be, if you haven't been vaccinated, remember, you have to wear a mask because yeah. I'm sure they all will. You know, if... Not. I will, and I'll be honest with this. This would be better suited if it was a WWE event. Seriously. Because you and could Mayweather's actually script in the it. WWE. Exactly. And Logan Paul's probably dying too. And they'd probably make a lot more money too. Because this is a joke. Now that you have these rules and people know this, is it going to sway you from, from paying this? And, and what is the pay per view? 69 or 79 bucks, something like that? Huh? Yeah, right? Isn't it that much? I, I don't know. It's got to be. I know. I'm not it's paying be. it. 55? 55? 55? Well, I don't know. Something like that. It's it's minimum. It's got to be at least that. I'm thinking 69, 70. But whatever it is, does this now sway you away from purchasing this knowing that, okay, well, I really thought it was going to be a fight, and now it's not. It's going to be, you know. I mean, you are going to feel duped. You're going to feel ripped off if you go there or if you stay home. And and you do the pay-per-view thing. And why is it on Sunday? Okay? Because Money Mayweather said, because the Super Bowl's on a Sunday. You got all the major events. Daytona 500. I don't think he used that one. But he said Super Bowl. And he used NBA All-Star Game. It's on a Sunday. Well, that's an exhibition. So that, that falls in line here. Yeah, not Saturday night. Because we don't want to compete against any real boxing matches or re- real UFC cards. Let's have Sunday night to ourselves here. Well, people are going to be watching HBO and Showtime programming over that. I mean, give me a break. Well, remember this, too. I mean, even if you're really religious on Sunday, you're not supposed to work on Sunday. But there's nothing that says you can't perform a work on Sunday. <laughs> And this is a work against the public because this is a sham. It's a joke. It's ridiculous. It's so dumb. And yet, I'm curious to see what the numbers of that are. Will places around town be showing it? Will be the charging cover charges to do it? Is there an undercard? How long is this event going to be? Is it going to be the Triller four-hour concert along with everything else? Are there other fights? And please, no, it's not Triller because this is Showtime. No, no, I know, that, but I'm saying, right. is so it like no, that Triller thing or no, whatever? No, you know? this is Showtime again. They're so Mayweather Promotions, as you know, they have a lot of fighters. They have so many fighters they can't get work for, so they're just stacking the undercard with former champions like Badu Jack and some of this other stuff. So I mean, they're having legitimate fights to make this. Right. Not like the Triller. Well, things, there will be judges you know, and events and actual yes, winners and, and losers. It'll be and, sanctioned. Again, by the Florida State Athletic Commission. So you're going to have judges and all that stuff. Okay, here we go. Main event time. Judges, go home. Beat the traffic. You know, so now those uh, those three chairs that we have at ringside, they're vacated now. Wait <laughs> don't, a don't second. Need, don't need you. Are you sure they're vacated? Maybe they're going to do a thing. That, and now for the best seats in the house, get your ticket. We're going to bring some fans up. Why not? Why no. not get a total joke? Yeah. They're bring go, fans they're up not let him in, They're not going to let him inside the What? It's an exhibition. It ain't a fight. Yeah. No. Who no. cares? There's still security. Have you heard what's been going on with maniac fans here with athletes? Yeah. They're, they're security. Yeah. Have you heard what's been be going on down in Florida? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What is the Sunday night baseball game? That's what I'm curious. Okay. Because you're talking about our sports bars going to be, uh, showing this, you know, the Sunday night baseball game, which is the Red Sox and the Yankees. Yeah. You know, our local establishments, they better be showing Red Sox Yankees over this nonsense. Well, but yeah. why can't they show both? I mean, I, when same I same time when I show these time. UFC events, and I see that's going to most of the places I go to with multiple TVs will show other things too. I know, like but you can only go, have sound the on the feature well, one. Well, no, no, you can only yeah. have sound on one, right? But do you need sound on the Red Sox Yankees? Oh, wait a minute! Half the places Stop. I go to during the Stop. baseball games and that have uh, they're playing Times. music or something. Anyway, Stop! Breaking news! What are we talking about here? Golden Knights game five, game four, five o'clock. 
Okay, okay, so, there it's, it is. so it's this Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, then that will be the sound There down, it is. I would think. That's that's uh, that's every screen. What are you talking about? Right? No, no. I've been, I've been to places before. Game the, four, Golden Knights, I Colorado? To play, if, if, if they can charge people to see some... No. Some clown show like this? Clown show's I, not I, getting on any I screens. Had to, I had to seven-second delay myself there from <laughs> right. what I wanted to say. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> right. clown was not the initial word that came to my mind. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and one of the fights, so we talk about uh, Badu Jack, and again, this And one, Al Bernstein will be doing that, so that's yes. a legitimate fight. Yeah, well, not anymore, it's not. Because but the breaking news is that... Shaking on Lamar Odom? <laughs> so this would have been a, a fight that I wanted to see probably... Three, four, five years ago, because Badu Jack, former champion against Jean Pasquel, uh, former champ, this would have been a heck of a match. Well, it's off. Pasquel, failed drug test. <laughs> so here it is. Your your main co, co-main is now off because Jean Pasquel failed drug test. Can we just keep the fight and just make it an exhibition? <laughs> No. Does a drug test matter in an exhibition? I guess There's no not. winner or loser. He's been replaced. Derwin Colina. It's a replacement. <laughs> it's a replacement. Not, not one of your garden variety like household names. Like the movie replacements? Like yeah. Keanu Reeves is going to come in there? Oh, that's bad, too. That's bad, too. Did we, did we get a replacements, too? Is, I hope not. Is lap dancing a style of dancing? <laughs> well, that'll be happening That was the Flor- best line in the movie. That'll be happening in Florida. No doubt. You know, after this match. No question. You know, well, since, the, well, since the co-main event's out, why do, if they want people to buy it, why doesn't Floyd just take all his girls from his club and have a battle royal with them? <laughs> I mean, it's a joke anyhow. I might tune in for that. Oh, geez. Seriously, these numbers cannot be good. I mean, you're going against NHL, Stanley Cup playoffs. You're going against Yankees, Red Sox, in this exhibition of but a joke. You, but you're 50 thinking, and 0 against 0 and 1. But you're thinking of actual sports fans. Yeah. They're looking at Instagram Paul Brother fans. You're right. Are those, do those people care about the Yankees, Red Sox? No, not at all. Not at all. You know, they probably and they don't, don't even know what that, and the they, NHL playoffs. And they, they don't, even don't, don't even know who Mayweather what, is. No. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't care it's an exhibition, I guess. Again. No, they, yeah. they just want to see yeah. Logan Paul. But I, I think that... They should call it Logan's Run, because he's running from Mayweather the entire fight. It was another bad movie, wasn't it? It was kind of a cheesy dump movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're 35, you... What is it? You regenerate or... <laughs> All right. Uh, Golden Knights, Colorado. Game two tonight. We'll talk to B-Sal, Brian Salmon. Next hour, hang tight for that. Is he going on to Florida? Yeah. Or is he going to cover the Golden Knights? No, I, I, oh, decisions, decisions, oh, decisions. Yes, yes. So, so B-Sal will be properly dressed tonight. So we'll talk to him as we get ready for game number two tonight. B.J. Armstrong is going to join us, the three-time NBA champ with the Bulls. We will talk about last night's game with Denver and Portland. Also, Lakers and Phoenix last night. And then uh, we've got another closeout game happening as well in the NBA docket. So we'll talk with BJ about that when we come back major league baseball with our guy the pitcher Chris Bazio back to more nonstop sports talk with the doctor TC Martin All right a little major league baseball let's uh, get into it with our uh, good friend the uh, the former pitcher and the pitching coach and the World Series champ back in 2016 with the Cubs as the pitching coach, Chris Bazio. Boz, what's going on, man? Not too much, buddy. How you doing? We're doing good, man. We're uh, we're baking. You know, we've got a hundred degrees, just like you do, I'm sure. Right? About right? Oh yeah, it's it's warm down here. Yeah. All right, buddy. Uh, you know, I wanted to. We had a story yesterday on, on our Terrible Tuesday edition. I kind of wanted to to get your opinion because um, I know that you. Went to Comiskey Park quite a bit back in the day. As a player, as a coach, the old Comiskey Park, the new Comiskey Park, the whatever it was called after that. Now it's the what, guaranteed rate field. All Wasn't that it Cellular One or something Yeah, U.S. Like cellular. Yeah, I mean, you're really like familiar with that park, aren't you, Boz? Yeah, very right. much. Okay, there you go. So uh, you probably never made your way you know, you know, through the actual stadium where the fans go, though. But uh, there was a place called Loretta's Lounge. Uh, don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but Loretta's Lounge 
was named after a stadium worker at the old Comiskey who sold beer and hot dogs. She worked there for over 60 years, and they named this lounge after her where they had food and everything, and it's had this name for a long, long time, except they decided to take her name off the lounge, and now it's called LaRusse's Lounge. I mean, come on, boss. It's a, I, I need some help here. Help me out. What's going on with this White Sox organization? You, a blue-collar town like this, you take Loretta's name off of it, you hire Tony LaRusse as your manager, and, and you put his name on it. I mean, you fired this guy one time back in the day. He's probably only going to be there another year or two. I mean, this, this is not a good move, man. I need some help with this. You know, I, I got I to gotta think it was probably in his contract. Oh really? Uh, I had I had heard I had heard about this, and it and it stems from when Joe Ben got his his bar in Wrigleyville. Okay, do tell. The, All right. The the pink flamingo. I mean, it's it's underneath the the Cubs offices on the bottom floor next to Starbucks. I, I've never I think, been to the I pink think, flamingo. Give us some pink flamingo uh, some I've stories. I've never been in there myself, but. Part of the thing, if Joe won a World Series, I believe it was that it was written in there that they have to negotiate a bar in his name, and he has one. And I really think that when Tony took this job, I I, I got to believe there was probably something like that. I I got a hard time believing during the season on the fly that they're just going to come up with this. TC, this is this is something in the making. Well, here's the deal. Now, the White Sox, when they uh, uh, sent out a release the other day, it said that they actually made the name change after the 2019 season, but no one was aware of it because obviously there were no fans allowed you know, in the stadium in 2020. So now people started complaining as they started going back to the park and they said, hey, oh, but we gave Loretta a plaque, and then her great-grandson said they never notified us, anyone in the family that they were changing the name, nothing here. And obviously it's got a lot of backlash. And, uh, and, and as we're talking to you about it now, and we reported on this yesterday, I, I'm seeing that now, I don't know if this is this breaking news, Numchuck. They're saying that they are now going to change LaRusse's Lounge 2 back to Loretta's. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, it's a petition that they've got going now. So, so there you go. That's what I heard. Do the right thing, man. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Maybe Tony steps up and says, you know, I'd be glad to sign the petition. I think think that'd be cool. Frank, you said that yesterday. And that's what I said yesterday. It'd be great if Tony LaRusso would stand up and say, you know what? Let's give Loretta props and do something else. You know, they can still have LaRusso's hot dog stand down the line or something like that. I mean, there's... There you go. (laughs) <laughs> Unbelievable! There you go. Okay, Comiskey Park. Uh, Bob, is that is that one of the worst stadiums of all time to play in? You know what? I, I played in County Stadium, and we yeah. we always looked at it like a huge advantage. And that's that's how I went into all these fields. I mean, Old Memorial Park, where Baltimore played when Juan Davis threw his no hitter. Yes, yes, that was no treat. Yeah, it, that was no that was no treat either. So I mean, they're old Tiger Stadium. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm aging myself a little bit, but I'm proud of that old Yankee Stadium. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, Exhibition Stadium in Toronto. A lot of you guys never even saw that. That was was on a football field, which was basically ice. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was horrible. Yeah, absolutely. Con- you, you played literally played on concrete there. Yeah, I, I was actually at a of all things a Chicago State New York Cosmos soccer game there, and after the game, we went out on the field, and I just remember standing where third base was, and I thought. You'd have to be crazy to play third in this place. You're playing on the street. Yeah. It's like a coat yeah. of paint on top of the asphalt. Yeah. No, I... you know. And then, then we had that in, you know, in Seattle, right? You know, with the Kingdom. I mean, that was that was probably one of the hardest places to get to know how to pitch. You know, the 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 one thing you had to take advantage of was the shortstop, the scale, and you had to take advantage of the center fielder and Griffey. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I that's what I tried to do, but I was I was more of a guy that, you know, I, I struggled there. I'm not going to lie because of that short right field porch, because I'd pitch guys down and away in, in Milwaukee, and I had Yount out in center, Gander at second, and 
you could just throw the ball out there and you know it's not going anywhere. You know, then you go into the American League West and the ball's flying. You're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta start pounding guys in a little bit more here. But you know, the parks, the old parks, man, old Comiskey. I remember the story that there used to be an old, you know, you know the old bones that were how you bone a bat. Yeah, some guys used to go on a sink. Yeah. Well, there was an old bone back there from like the 1920s that rumor has it that Babe Ruth used to bone his bats before the games. Remember Glenn Braggs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn Braggs was a teammate of mine. He struck out three times one night. He went in there after the game, took one of his bats, and just smashed that thing into obliteration. And in Kangaroo Court, we find Glenn for basically wrecking a piece of Major League Baseball history. <laughs> and what was the fine for that? Do you remember? Uh, I think the, fi- the fine at that time was $100. And Glenn, we always doubled the fine if guys would swear, but Glenn never sweared. He, I think he dropped a frick or something like that. He goes, I'll, he goes, I'll pay double just because it was stupid to do. He goes, I still can't believe I did it. And, pay that I mean, man he, his money. Oh, man. i tell you what. You know, you, the stories in that clubhouse with the pictures, they tried to bring a lot of it to um, – you know, whatever the field was before. What do you guys call it? What? Uh, Comiskey? Cellular field? Yeah, you, it was Comiskey, then the new Comiskey, U.S. Cellular Field, and now it's like uh, guaranteed US. rate. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, when they first built that stadium, when we went in there, I was like, you gotta be, you got to be kidding me. Who in the world is going to go on that upper deck? You guys ever been in that stadium? I think Frank has, yeah. Yeah, I, I was at the stadium once because I remember there was actually, I believe the guy that built that stadium, there was a story that, the, the fans hated it so much, and he actually took out an ad in one of the Chicago newspapers. I think it was the Sun-Times, and basically said, look, I gave them like six different options. This is the one they picked. If you give me a billion dollars, I'll build you. You want me to build, too. But he wasn't even crazy about it, but he was getting so much backlash from people saying, how did you build this and this, and then you ended up with this? And he's like, that's the one they picked. Yeah, I refuse to go. I refuse to go, Boz. I mean, you know, I, I'm a Wrigley guy. I'm a North Side guy. I, I've driven by it several times. I, I refuse to go to a game there. It's it's tough. I, I remember when we first we had our interleague series against the White Sox, and I'm I'm not kidding. We had a rain delay, and Matt Garza was our pitcher. And I got a phone, Dale Swaim that when he was our manager, he goes, "Hey, I just got a phone call. They said they're starting in 15 minutes." And I go, "15 minutes." I go, normal protocol, minimum's 30. I go, we're going to need 45 because I can't find Garza. Well, Garza's back on a, a little DVD player watching cartoons in his, his underwear and his socks. And I'm like, dude, they said 15 minutes. He goes, yeah, right. And he plugged his headphones back in. Hey, well, said, go ahead. Go ahead. And I go, I go out to the field and I talk to their, their pitching coach. And I go, I'm telling you right now, there's no way this game's starting on time. Anyway, Garza starts warming up in right field, and their pitcher, and it was Quintana, started walking across the outfield. Garza hadn't even got on the mound and started throwing. Garza was in the bullpen. TC, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I, I was chucking balls on the field because their team took the field, and Garza hadn't even thrown one warm-up pitch in the bullpen. <laughs> with, with two outs in the first, I threw a ball out in right center, we opened the gates and we walked across the field with two outs in the first inning to an absolute chorus of boos and everybody in the stadium looking at us. And we just kind of waved at everybody like, yeah, how's it going? And we came out and we pounded them, <laughs> absolutely should. pounded them. You know, I wish you would have told me the story a couple of weeks ago because we had a Matt Garza sighting here. Two weeks ago, saw him. He was over at Vonnie's new place at, uh, and he was hanging out with Greg and, uh, yeah, it, uh, we'll, we'll just leave uh, the rest of the story behind. But uh, late night for Matt Garza before he got on the plane before he left Vegas a couple weeks ago. Your boy. Yeah. That's, G-Man, I, what a really good dude, good family man. And, you know, I know he's, he's really enjoying his time with his family. And I'm glad to see he's out and about, man. He's a heck of a competitor. Really enjoyed our time together with Chicago. And uh, good man. All right. Chris Bazio joins us. All right, Boz, let's talk about uh, – I want to talk about some pitching here real quick. Uh, Jacob deGrom, this guy has been phenomenal this season, and I guess if you if you go back, he's been phenomenal the last few seasons. 82 strikeouts, only seven walks thus far. His ERA is 
.071 right now. This is in ERAs. It, it, his record's only four and two. Opponents batting average against him one twenty nine, but it, he still gets a little unsung because he's on the Mets, and this just isn't a thing that that he's done this year. I mean, you go back and look at his strikeout to walk ratio; it's crazy. Last year in the shortened season, one hundred and four strikeouts, only eighteen walks. Twenty nineteen, two fifty five to forty four. We go back even further. Twenty eighteen, two hundred sixty nine Ks to 46 walks, and in 2017, 239 to 59. Uh, in, there is talk that people want to put him in the conversation of, you know, one of the greatest of this generation. Where do you put Jacob deGrom? I, I think he's, he's in the conversation of the last 20 years. Name, name somebody that's put up those kind of numbers. I mean, he's he surpassed. Randy Johnson numbers. I mean, he's, I saw one of the greatest second halves I've ever seen in my life in person with Jake Arrieta in the second half of 2015. And went down history as the greatest second half in history. You are witnessing possibly the greatest first half in history. That's how special this is. I didn't have any kind of idea what I was watching when I saw it. But then you start looking in the numbers and look what he did start after start after start after start after start for 14 starts in a row. Unbelievable. And this guy's, what does he have, five starts left before the All-Star break? Six? Yeah. Yeah, probably about that, yeah. I mean, it's doable. Yeah. Quite possibly the best first half ever. Yeah, he's amazing. No question. And it's the Mets, though. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you feel bad for this guy. Because you look at his win-loss total, his career record, even though this guy has over 1,400 strikeouts in basically not even eight and a half seasons, his record is only 74-53. and 53. Now, that's, that's great, I guess, for some people. But when you put up the numbers that he's put up, you would expect a better record, but this guy never gets any run support, and he's arguably one of the worst franchises in baseball. Yeah, it's the run support thing. and I mean, you know, you've seen it as a player. I've seen it as a coach. It's not how you pitch. It's when you pitch. Right. You know, but the one thing, I, he's a true ace. And, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm looking at this right now. The Mets are winning 6-5. to five. How that team right there is twenty six and twenty one right now? I I have no idea. It's amazing. It's amazing where they're at, and you, you know they're only going to get better because the pitching is coming. They got a couple starters right around the corner, you know. And I I'm heard some grumblings that they're you know they're looking for another bullpen piece, you know. And Mets aren't. I'm telling you, they're in it. They know they have a chance because Washington's lurking. I you know. Two games out for Washington after the start that they've had. I mean, it's 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 crazy. But the that that division right there is for the Mets for the taking. If they don't do everything they can with what they've already done, going out and getting Lindor, you know, signing to John Walker was huge for them. Getting Stroman back is huge for them. But you got to keep adding on. And you know, hey, I was a part of a team that did that too. You know, we went out and got Chapman. And it's the biggest reason why we won that World Series. Right. And it might take something like that for the Mets. Go out and get another back-end guy that's huge on one of these teams, you know, that are they're out of it early. I don't know who the guy is, but, you know, if you've got the right package of prospects, guys are going to wheel and deal. And it doesn't matter who it is. You've got the right prospects. Everybody will deal with you right now in this game. You know, Chris, obviously when it comes to pitchers and that, everybody looks at win-loss record. But when you are looking at a pitcher, is that an overblown thing in some people's stats to know how good somebody really is? Because if you are on a team that's not very good, you might not have the win-loss record that you might have with somebody else. I mean, you're talking about a guy like DeGrom. I mean, Nolan Ryan, certainly a Hall of Famer, over 300 wins, but also almost 300 losses in his career. But when he was on, he was unhittable. But he played on some teams that obviously played on some good ones, but he played on some teams that weren't very good as well. You know, I, I'm not on – Nolan Ryan beat me for his 300th win in County Stadium. 
And one of my best years I've ever had, I was I think I was seven and sixteen with a two eight. Had nine complete games that year. I got shut out six times. And after the season, I mean, my whole thing is, man, I can't. The, the whole season, Bosio can't get any run support. Nine complete games. He's in the top four. He's top five in this innings, strikeouts, walk ratio. Pete Vukovic, after the season, walked up to me when the season got over with and goes, number one pitchers win those games. You got to learn how to win games one nothing and two to one to be a number one. Figure it out. Because it's not about the complete game, it's not about the ERA. It's about being able to win the close game when it really matters. And I went back and I looked at all my starts and what I could have done better. And basically, it's staying away from the big hitter when they have a chance to do damage. That's what I learned about being a starting pitcher. And I. I know because Randy Johnson had the same conversation with Nolan Ryan about what it takes to be a winner because Randy struggled with it when he first came over to the Mariners. And we've talked about this. You've got to be able to win that game one nothing for your team. You win a game one nothing, they're going to go out and they're going to score 10 for you every time. You know, those things got to happen. And I'm not saying DeGrom can't do it. I'm saying – that team's got to build a little bit more before maybe this guy goes on a 43 or 44 and 10 record in the next two years, you know, and really separates himself as one of those guys because that's what the great ones do. They continue to do it, and then all of a sudden, boom, they have a 24-win season. I wouldn't put it past that guy at all. Yeah, phenomenal. Chris Bazio uh, joins us. All right, Boz, so I'm watching the A's game, I think it was like last weekend, and uh, we were t- they were talking about the the clock that they have now for like the pitching coaches or you know to go out there and, and visit with a pitcher. And lo and behold, I think it was it was Glenn Kuyper and I believe Ray Fossey were talking about that. And guess whose name get, got brought up during the broadcast? Take a wild guess. Probably mine. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was yours, exactly. I'm going, wait a minute, Boss wasn't an A or whatever, this and that. So do you remember, so I think it was Fossey or Kuiper, one of them said they actually had a conversation with you about this. Do, so do you know where I'm going with this? And I'll fill in the blanks if, 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 uh, if you don't remember, but go ahead. I'll let you go. Okay. So here's what I re- recall from watching the broadcast is that they're talking about, oh, yeah, the, the pitch clock, it, you know, it doesn't start on, on these trips. It kind of started you know, whenever they want. And it goes, I remember talking to Chris Bosio about this one time, and Bosio said he didn't care about the clock. He didn't give a damn about the clock. They could start it whenever they want because I'm going to take as much time as I need. What are they going to do, kick me out of the game for taking too long? Uh, there's no penalty for taking too long. And he said that that was your take. You just kind of laughed about the whole thing. Is that That's accurate? Exactly right. There it is. Very accurate. <laughs> so when was, Look, when this, was this conversation? This was the argument. I, I remember when <laughs> Joe Torrey came around with Joe, um, Joe Garagiola Jr., the rules committee guys, and they were talking about these the, the clock. And he goes, you know, there's going to be a clock. And he kind of looked at me and he goes, Boz, I know you had your knee replacements. You know, we're really going to be watching it close this year. And I go, okay. I go, what if we're in in Wrigley Field and I go to the mound and I take 10 seconds to get there? He goes, well, that's no problem. I go, what if I'm in Oakland and I take 20 seconds to get there? (laughs) Right, right. He goes, that's going to be a problem. And I go, well, (laughs) dude, like you said, I just had double knee replacements at the same time. I can only go so fast. So I think it has to, they got to be a little bit more lenient on some of these parks about how how long it is to the trip, and also the fact that some of the bullpens, like San Francisco at the time, their bullpens were down the line, like in Oakland. Oakland has, still has one of the few parks where the bullpens are on the field. This was a huge issue because we used to stall out. We used to toss balls out of the dugout all the time. Hey, balls on the field to give our, our reliever <laughs> time more in San Francisco. Yeah, right. That's how we beat the Giants in the playoff game. I'd have the bullpen guys firing balls to give our guys more time. I, I'm not kidding you. I, oh, no. I, 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 knowing, you, knowing you, it doesn't surprise me at all, man. You're, you're going to no. circumvent those rules. I love it. That's beautiful. That's what we did. Yeah. That's how we delayed innings. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. And, yes, Ray Fossey is a really good friend of mine, fellow Sacktown guy. 
you know, we talked about it very many times. And the same thing with my, my boys down in San Francisco. You know, I mean, we laughed about it on the field a lot because Rigetti was the same way. He goes, stop clock, save it. You know, everybody <laughs> wants to get out of here in two hours anyway. That's not the problem. It's the commercials and the umpire strike zone. Yeah, Do yeah. something about it. And you're right. I mean, that walk from the dugout to the mound of the Oakland Coliseum, again, it's, it's the longest walk possible because there's so much foul territory there. And then, of course, Wrigley is one of the shortest. Well, I, I said, Joe, you, yeah. if you want speed, let us set up a relay race on the visit to the mound. That way we can do it. <laughs> That's good, man. That's good. No, some of this stuff is just its just ridiculous. Yeah, it's its totally. Hey, Buzz, how much were you for, uh, you know, you know, fashion? And uh, I don't know if you saw Alex Verdugo. You see the, the nonsense that he's wearing right now with the oven mitt? I was watching the game against the Astros, the Red Sox-Astros, the other day, and he's got the oven mitt on. It's perfectly stenciled. looks like something out of Iron Man. He's got the 99 chain. He's got another chain on. Uh, this, this is ridiculous. I mean, what these guys are wearing. I mean, come on, man. Let's chill the fashion statement. Let's play some baseball here. It's only going to get worse or better, depending <laughs> how you look at it. I'll cover both answers. Uh, too funny all right uh yeah i don't know and uh, i wanted to touch on you too just real quick about the the giovanni gallegos thing where he was asked to switch hats by your boy country uh joe west and mike schilt got tossed out of the game with the cardinals uh last week they're cracking down on doctoring up the baseballs four minor leaguers in the white Sox organization got busted today uh, from games the past week or so, uh, they're saying they're mixing the rosin with uh, the sunscreen. It's like these homemade batches now. Hey, wh- what's going on, man? Just passing the legacy down to other pitchers. Yeah. You know, I mean. Does that really look. help the, the, the spin rate here? Is this what's contributing to these low averages and these strikeouts and everything? The sunscreen look, mixed with the rosin now? Is this the deal here? There's there's some stories out there about a product that maybe that driveline might have that helps spin rate that Trevor Bauer, you know, might be using. Uh, there was a story of a good friend of mine, Bubba, the visiting clubhouse guy with the Angels. He used to concoct a pine tar sunscreen glue concoction for visiting teams to come in. He called it the clear. Yeah. There are many different things out there. This is a huge universal problem. And I can honestly tell you, I know already that they are trying to develop a universal project, not only just for the major leaguers, but also for minor leaguers and potentially Team USA, Team USA male, female, softball, everybody, where everybody can only use a certain rosin bag and a a certain rag a grip because it is such a huge issue and not just in our sport in other sports right no doubt all right so this i'm telling you this is a developing story so keep your eye on that one all right we will talk uh, with you more about this uh, next week man appreciate it all right man we'll let you get back to some baseball appreciate the time as always man great story time as well too story time with chris bazio bedtime with bazio <laughs> forget boss's bits bedtime with bazio that's good you know, dads and moms could tell their Bosio stories of their kids where they're tucking them in. I like that. Well, they could tell some of them. Yeah, some of them. It's true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, my man. Be good. We'll talk at you later. All right. Take care, Chris. All right. Here's Chris Bosio. All right. Good stuff. BJ Armstrong is going to join us. More of the Chicago connection there. And then Brian Salmon live from Denver for game two of the night's TC Martin show, along with Ballpark Frank on a wild Wednesday. Ooh.